Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. The Around the NFL Podcast wants the NFL to change the name of every holiday. Welcome to another edition of Around the NFL. My name is Dan Hansis, and I have with me heroes virtually across the Southland and beyond. Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. Happy day after Thanksgiving presented by the National Football League. In honor of John Madden. I don't think I have all the wording right, but probably close enough. Happy Thanksgiving Day After, presented by John Madden. Did, did, you, did you boys enjoy, enjoy the day? Very yes. Nice. Had, a, had a great day. Um, I, I noticed that the, the Black Friday uh, Jets-Dolphins ad that they ran came very close um, in tone and sort of um, authority to Dan's suggestion that at some point we'll just be rolling games out on Easter Sunday. They kind of like made it clear we now own this day. Right. They got it. They got Thanksgiving. They've always had Thanksgiving, and now they have Friday, and that's coming up in a couple hours. We're going to be watching that game, and we'll have the recap of that on the Sunday show. But for today, and it was a very nice Thanksgiving. Uh, we, We host it every year at our house, and... It's a Friendsgiving, but, you know, the friends are uh, very close, so it's uh, like family. So it's a, it's a great holiday, and uh, the one thing the NFL really uh, has nailed about it, it is, you know, you can't imagine Thanksgiving without football, and especially without that first game in Detroit with the Lions. A game, boys, that we're going to get to first, we're going to go in order, uh, that none of us kind of expected to play out this way, and it kind of changed for me mm. a lot of my thoughts about the NFC uh, underneath, you know, the big boys, which I don't count the lines among at this point. Let's hit it. 23-14 Packers, 345 to go in the third. Watson to the left, snap to Love, lost the left side of the end zone. Don't get the it. Catch. Touchdown, Christian Watson. Yes, yes, they make the Lions pay. 16-yard touchdown reception. It's 29-14. to 
Wayne Larravee with the call for WRNW. And, you know, we thought we were going to hear from Wayne, uh, from Dan Miller of the Lions, because everything seems set up for the Detroit Lions in this great revitalization period to, to announce themselves as a dominant force and, and kick butt on Thanksgiving. But it went the other way. The Packers win 29-22, and it really wasn't that close. Uh, things were The tone was set. On a Jordan Love 53-yard pass to Christian Watson on the game's first play. Greg, we talked about it on the Wednesday preview show. They lead the league and and, uh, explosives like that. And they just kept taking it to the Lions, Greg. uh, Lions team that on top of being flat-footed to start the game, just killing themselves with the mistakes uh, throughout the afternoon. And they could not put it together. They they couldn't. I mean, on some level, it starts with Jared Goff, you know, turnovers for the second straight week, but I really think it starts back in week seven. And that's when we saw the Lions play the the Ravens. And that was a game they were so comprehensively destroyed on every level. Did make you think, hmm, well, you you can throw that out like a a little bit, but let's see how that goes. Since then, they've played four pretty lackluster teams, five if you want to count the Packers, although they're, they're certainly playing better now. And they're the worst defense or the second worst defense in the league, depending on what metric you want to use. They all they all agree. And that's a five week sample size. And that's against some pretty good quarterbacks, you know, like Justin Herbert and and Lamar's in there. But it's also against the Raiders and Jordan Love, who is playing better and better every week, but is not a top 10 quarterback right now. And all these guys are having career days against them. And I'm with you, Dan. I think they can improve. But right now it's hard to see them in the mix with the truly great NFC teams. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, if we talk about them as a playoff possibility, I, I think they're going to test for that number seven spot. I think yesterday, I mean, I'm with you, Dan. And who, the, way who? You, you, the, the lions you think are going to test for that. I'm talking no, about the Gre- lions here. I, well, I'm saying green Bay. Absolutely. No. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm talking about the opinion. lions at eight and three. I'm not, I'm not putting with the, with the, the lions a little high me. on that trip to fan. <laughs> no, I think the lions like to me, like the, <laughs> that's a good one. That's good. <laughs> to watch how their their strength was, was their offensive line. And I, I thought that their offensive line was one of the reasons that Jared Goff had been, you know, pristine going back to last season in many ways. And um, everything's changed over the last couple of weeks, like three lost fumbles yesterday, six turnovers over the last two weeks. They're lucky they got out of that Bears game with a win. And, it you know, in this division that seemed to be essentially just kind of handed up to them, I, I'm looking to, to my point before I'm looking at Green Bay and thinking like, wait a minute, they're changing before our eyes. Their quarterback is um, their passing game is. And I look at that game and like, I don't really remember Matt LaFleur having a better performance as a coach. I think no one expected that to happen the way it did. Um, he came in with a surprising game plan. Um, they stomped Detroit at home doing what they do well now. And it's a different Packers team than before because of their quarterback, because of their young wide receivers. And I'm not really sure what the ceiling is for the Packers at this point. It's like, they're still kind of growing before our eyes, but it's like, they absolutely, like I thought a week ago, oh, the Vikings will take that number seven spot. I don't know anything right now. Green Bay, like is hmm. kind of unpredictable. Well, listen, there's room for the Packers and the Vikings um, right. and the Lions in the, in the playoffs. And, and the Vikings will get their game on, on Monday night to continue to build for them. But yeah, I think 
I don't think if the if Detroit had a more difficult schedule, if they had Seattle schedule for instance, uh, uh, for instance, and we're going to get to the Seahawks a little bit later, I'd be very worried about a tailspin for this team because you've seen the Goff and the offense really kind of stumble, and this could be a slump or it could be the sign of uh, uh, an ugly comeback to earth. It's probably closer to a slump, uh, but the the schedule is so soft that I think Detroit is going to be okay and and get to that you know eleven wins. Um, they you know probably 11. They feel to me like 11 and six. That's going to be enough probably to win the division. The Packers are now a team of uh, fascination for me because of love mostly. I mean, and you're right about LaFleur because, you know, he was taking on a lot of criticism uh, early in the season. And and I think there was some like, you know, kind of sideway glances like he was being exposed now without Aaron Rodgers. But instead you look at this team now as they have, as we head toward the final stretch after Thanksgiving, and he's got Jordan Love playing at a high level the last few weeks. He he was an excellent quarterback, um, and that's a huge um, a benefit or a credit to an offensive-minded coach like LaFleur. So he has the offense cooking. The big plays continue to be a part of things. Christian Watson is, is coming out of his shell. I think he's going to have a big close to the season now. And, yeah, I like the Packers as a team that, that can make the playoffs and – I would not have predicted that a couple of weeks ago. I don't. Did we fork them? I don't think we did. No. Okay. Good. I have good. no recollection whatsoever of our fork committee. They they do have the Chiefs, you know, next week, but after that, all the games are, are winnable. And, and so I'm with you. But even if they don't make the playoffs, whatever happens, this season is somewhat about Jordan Love, the the GM Gutekunst. I think he said that. I don't remember if that was at the bye week or if it was after the bye week of like, you know, this is a, an important stretch here for for Jordan Love. And I think back to that Rams game, and I do think that's when it all changed. I know that the box score wasn't crazy in that game; they won twenty to three, but his decision making was was really good. And then he played well again the next week against the Steelers. And I remember saying at the time of the show, I thought. Those were his best two games of the season in a row. I know he had some nice touchdown interception ratio early in the season. Felt a little fluky. Felt a little fake to me, to be honest. Like he had some nice throws, but it wasn't him doing it. And these last four weeks, and you saw it yesterday, was some next level quarterback stuff. He's a very weird quarterback, but he passes the test where if he's protected, he can obviously make some big plays. They they cooked up the Lions in play action. They attack their weaknesses deep down the field, and they're not good deep down the field. But the thing I like about him is you, you see that sidearm angle to, to Heath early in, in the game. You saw the accuracy on the touchdown to Reed. But if you kind of go through his snaps on a snap-to-snap basis, he seems like a quarterback. Like, he seems like he's making decisions. He's recognizing blitzes. He's getting to second and third reads. I think he makes some crazy throws, and he's not the most accurate quarterback in the world. So there's a little ups and downs. But, like, the processing, the mentality of it all is like, okay, this is a quarterback. And if if he keeps building off this, if he plays like this at all for the rest of the season, it's like, okay, we've got year two of Jordan Love in this very affordable contract. And we at least know we're going into year two with him still as our quarterback. I, yeah, I'd also, you know, we on, on Thursday, we noted like the laundry list of injuries that, that the Packers had coming into this game. And so a lot of that play action happened without Aaron Jones in the lineup. And like earlier on in the year, when Aaron Jones was lost for a long stretch of time, like it really handicapped and capsized the offense. And like yesterday, that just was not the case. Like AJ Dillon did just enough for him, but the aggressive nature of what LaFleur has loved doing, I think is very exciting for Packers fans because I don't know, about a month ago, I was like, I don't know about this Jordan Love thing. It's like, we'll see. Like he seems very middle of the road and there has been like tangible, visible growth. 
And their young wide receivers are growing along with them. The same way I felt about like the Steelers coming into the year with all these like young weapons. And I don't think their weapons at all have it across the board in Pittsburgh is how I feel about Green Bay now. So it's like I thought yesterday was one of these games that like changed the way a lot of people feel about two different teams. Um, On the other side at the quarterback position, we've touched on it briefly here, but I thought Goff was terrible and he was coming off a a multiple turnover game the week before, but this time the ball security was woeful. It reminded me of the, the late period with the Rams. Uh, he was missing throws as well. There were miscommunications with his wide receivers. They couldn't get on the same page. Uh, he was an issue for them in this game. And if Goff is not going to be his pristine self, he's been for the majority of his career with Detroit, then the defense is going to be what it is right now. That is the recipe for a lot of losses. Here's Dan Campbell hmm. on his team's sudden swoon. Again, the easy thing is to get in panic mode, and I know you know what it looks like, and it wasn't good enough out there, but I'm not panicked. Um, we got the right guys here. We know how to play. Uh, we got to clean some things up, and we'll have six to go when we get back. And the fight's on, man. I mean, that, I think this is going to be some cruise control. We're going to have to fight and, and uh, scratch and fight and call for everything, man. We have to. That's the type of team we are. That's where we're at. Hmm. All right. Any other thoughts on this game, boys? I, yeah. uh, I, thought, I thought we saw a little bit from Jamison Williams, but I want to just note that one of our listeners um, chimed in with something that I had mentioned on the Thursday show about, I thought, you know, various uh, matronly aunts around the country would take a look at Sam Laporta, who had a nice start to the game, then the thing went sideways, but... Um, I don't know if we have this tweet, Eric. Let's let's hear it out loud. This okay, an so medium. another prophecy fulfilled. Welcome, My Mark. aunt, while not matronly, definitely took notice of Sam Laporta during the Lions game. She's also not a football fan. They showed him and Goff in quick succession. So I verified, and she even parroted back Laporta's name. Mm. That is a weird tweet. It is a weird tweet. <laughs> Uh, but I appreciate that it. quiet storm. <laughs> like everything about it is it? What are you questioning whether this Thank is you. this is like real or no, it's, like no, it's, it's a Mark bot? Just, it's a Mark uh, Shadow or a account. Mark Burner? Mark, did you write that? <laughs> I don't. I don't even use uh, like X myself, much less have Come a on, Burner Kaiser Soze. So. Tell us the truth. No, I, 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 I just saw it this morning and it caught my eye that like you know I I think it's just matching it up on uh, like the aunt archetype individual with Sam Laporta Laporta's like physical being. He, he's a, he's a, he's a young beefy, uh, young guy, a young Gronk. Wait, better was your prediction Gronk, that he was hot and the that, aunt would take that, notice? That I thought aunt. it was that he would have a, a massive game. No, it was more that like, you know, the aunt who's not football, like <laughs> enthused would be in the room and just notice him, the physical specimen. You, you uh, mentioned anything else? The o, yeah, you mentioned the O-line. Like, there's a weird sort of almost analytics off about how good this O-line actually is because, like, everyone thinks it's one of the best lines in the league. It's certainly, like, PFF, for instance, grades it as one of the elite lines in the league. Pass rush win rate, run block win rate, not so great. Certainly the eyeball test the last couple of weeks, not so great. And Jared Goff, more than any quarterback in the NFL, is impacted by pressure and and just turns into a totally different dude. So it's like I don't they've had a couple injuries and, and Vitae's not coming back, I don't believe. And it's interesting because I, I think Cam, the whole idea with Campbell was we're going to be great on the lines and their D line with Hutchinson and McNeil, even though those two players are both good, they're bad. And so now like they just don't get enough pressure. And their cornerbacks, they're bad. That's a bad combo. Not enough pressure and bad cornerbacks. So on one side, you got some issues. On the other side, if the O-line starts creaking, then you're right, Dan. But I'm not panicking. In both of these games, it's like 
even in a bad game, they still get like 464 yards. They're going to move the ball. Like mm, I, some, I know it was, there was some garbage was, uh, lipstick on the pig there late too. Greg. Absolutely. But they were moving the ball when they're not turning it over seven times in the last two weeks or whatever. All I'm saying is like, they're going to be getting first downs. They are a, na- a nasty running team. I'm not too worried about them there, but the defense is like legit bad. And if they're the home team, and they're, it's all about, it, we're a ways away from the playoffs, but they are the, the team, the five or the six seed might want to be playing here in the playoffs because you could put up a 40 burger. I don't know. Hmm. If I'm a Detroit fan, I'm, I'm not letting it be known. I'm a little bit nervous right now. That's all. I'd agree. A little bit. Um, analytics off, Greg, you said. <laughs> that sounds like the worst time ever. Um, and, uh, by the way, I did last night, watched, uh, the Barry Sanders doc on Amazon and, uh, reminded you of his greatness and also the, you know, the struggles of being a Lions fan, especially from the perspective of Eminem, uh, Jeff Bridges in, and Tim Tooltime Allen. I don't know why that documentary is always at the back. We need to get these celebrity sports fans in. And it's like, like Tim Allen was in this documentary for like maybe two lines. I watched the first hour maybe so far i was waiting for walker to get back on whenever night that was he went to the lakers game with a friend and uh i did not see tim allen i I haven't gotten quite to the end but i thought when uh jeff bridges said he identified with barry that was incredible i loved it (laughs) that barry was just a man the, the the life the juice it's all from when the whistle blows to when the whistle right. stops. And anything other than that, Not he doesn't need. Just like Jeff Bridges, there's a certain <laughs> type of actor. When they call cut to when they call cut, Bye-bye. that's that's when it that's when it matters. And other than that, it's nothing. So Bridges, Yeah, the parallel is Sanders, striking. It is um, kind of crazy to watch Barry Sanders now and those those clips don't age at all. And you're like, oh yeah, that would still be by far the best incredible. running back in the league. It's my, crazy. And my Barry Sanders story, which I think I've shared on the show, but and I was hoping it was going to make it into the doc, but nobody contacted me, is when uh, our old boss, Justin Hathaway, Mark, uh, worked us 80 hours for that first Super Bowl in Indianapolis, Giants Pats 2. Yeah. And he had me cover the flag football, uh, celebrity flag football game. And um, Barry Sanders was on the game, was in on one of the teams, and was not involved with the offense. They were, they were running the offense through Maria, Maria Menounos. And Barry yeah. Sanders is there. Nobody's even talking to him. And I'm like, that's like maybe the greatest running back who ever lived. <laughs> that's an odd. Uh, that's not approach to offense. Uh, it feels like a Chip Kelly invention. All right, good stuff. <laughs> and the Packers, by the way, thank you to Eric Roberts. Seventeen players were on the injured list in that game as well. They had no business going there and, and bullying the lines in that spot. So interesting. All right, let's move to the middle game. And by the way, we did fork the Panthers, Pats, Broncos, Bears, Cardinals. And then I belatedly, and my apologies, uh, um, I forked the Giants. So those are the four teams. Maybe we'll revisit it in the upcoming week. Broncos, you know, making a sweat a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit. A little, a little bit. tough. Um, all right, let's head to Big D, where the Cowboys were not in the mood for any type of competitive contest. Second and 10. That's a Dallas 43. Howells back, throws it. Oh, look out. Picked off. It's Bland. It's Bland. Again. He's got one. No way. The 20. He cuts left. He breaks the tackle at the Stop 10. Stop it. He did it again. The whole defense is going to put Bland <laughs> in the kettle. That is unbelievable. That's the most 
pick sixes in one season in NFL history. Five touchdowns. Where did you come from? <laughs> Great call. And what you did, if you watch on YouTube, you could see it, or if you watched live yesterday, Dan Quinn up in the booth, the DC, the Cowboys going absolutely ape shit, uh, celebrating Duran Bland setting the NFL record for pick sixes in the season. I mean, his fifth. The fifth of the season. Kyle Pitts has four career touchdowns in his whole like NFL career. Deron Bland is a cornerback. He's got five pick sixes this year. Unbelievable. And that was just the, the little like stamp at the end of the game because the Cowboys offense absolutely obliterated the commanders, got their DC fired. We're going to talk about it. 45 to 10 uh, from Jarrow World. Um, this was, uh, Mark, a total celebration of the Cowboys, the brand, and their standing as one of the very elite teams in the NFL. It was. And, you know, I've been critical of the Cowboy experience over the years, but not in this version of what we saw because they have been doing this at home all year long. They are 5-0 and at home and have outscored opponents 205 points to 60 in those five wins. That's insane. But it is not nearly as insane as what Deron Bland has done. It's like CeeDee Lamb has six touchdowns and he's a, he, he's a superstar. To the, the, like the degree of difficulty of what Deron Bland has done is, is wild to me. That was not, these aren't like, you know, picked off at the goal line, like what we saw in the Seahawks Niners game. It's like, that's a 63 yard return and it's done it over and over. And it's like, I, I don't, there are certain football records that we can argue matter or don't matter. Um, this matters because he's helping the team win. He's pouring on points at the end of the game. It's the kind of thing for me that it's like, I don't know if we'll ever see this again. This could be the kind of thing where you could go 50 years, or for us, we're not going to be here for maybe 50 more years. You never know. Like it, 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 it could be a long time before anyone touches this because it's such a confluence of insane things happening. It's not just being in the right place at the right time, but you also have to be the athlete to do what he's done. Like on that return, how easy would it have been a 13-yard return? You get clipped, you're down at the ground. It's just kind of magical. And I know that like it completely electrified um, that stadium, their owner, the whole thing. Well, are you saying I'm not going to live to 94? That's my... I did not guarantee that, Greg. I, well, the day is just not, I'm Greg. so much older than you, Greg, that, uh, you know, according to the two of you, that I was more suggesting perhaps I won't see that record broken. Well, you'll be triple you digits. Will. If you make it, you'll be triple digits, and that's, that is pretty wild. That would be wild. That's this, a long uh, time from now. <laughs> this Cowboys team does feel different now could they lose in the second round of the playoffs? Of course they could, because like I don't, I don't think they're a, a step apart from these other teams. But they do, they do have everything they need right now. And and the most important thing is just Dak dots down the field. He's he's so comfortable. And Romo, I I know he gets overexcited, but I I don't think he says things like this might be the best offensive line in the league right now, especially in terms of pass protection, willy nilly. Uh, and they are just playing outstanding up front. Now, everyone looks outstanding up front against this commander's pass rush. It, it, does, it doesn't exist. But he's throwing the ball deep down the field. That's 18 vertical throws for a touchdown this year, according to Next Gen Stats, way more than any other player. And 14 of those are in, like, the last six weeks. So this is a bombs-away offense. And I thought these last couple of weeks, it's almost like they're working on things that they'll need in bigger games. They got Gallup and Cooks involved last week. And then this week, I thought Pollard ran really well. I know it was only 13 carries, but from 
quarter one, quarter two, when it mattered, they were consistently running the ball, and that was excellent. It was actually not a game they were dominating total yardage through three quarters or anything, but they were getting everything they wanted to done. I think 15 of their first 26 plays were first downs. I mean, that's just stupid. This was, in many ways, the ultimate Cowboys game, at least uh, in terms of the regular season. The game on Thanksgiving uh, with the Salvation Army red kettle out for the first time. You have a blowout of a hated rival. You have Deron Bland making history. You have Dak once again uh, saying, I am a very real MVP candidate. Um, you had a certain celebrity that I'll get to in a moment at halftime. Uh, Jared Jones was over the moon with this one. Uh, this is a surreal day. I, I wouldn't even dare as, as much as I imagine or as big as I might uh, dream or think. I couldn't have drawn a day like today up. I, I couldn't have imagined it. It really uh, hit, uh, covered a lot of ground. And mm. Don't you get the feeling uh, that the just the atmosphere, and maybe uh, Jane Slater would be the best person to ask this question to, but when things are going well for the Cowboys, it just seems everyone, when you see those like uh, group interviews and stuff around Jared, like everything is good. Everybody's in a good mood. The Cowboys are kicking butt and and spirits are high. And if Jared's spirits are high, you can <laughs> tell that whole vibe around that team is glowing. And that's certainly where it is right now. I, I, I'm totally with you. I think he's really well liked. I'll never forget actually being in Dallas um, a number of like Thanksgivings ago. That's like 2000, Drew Bledsoe era. And um, went with my uncle and cousins to the Cowboys game. And I watched Jerry Jones before kickoff um, individually shake hands with, I would say roughly 400 people. Like he took that time. So it's like, it is his baby. It's his thing. We've always known that. And I've always felt like there's always like, um, like an, air of like uh, hyperbole to anything he says uh, about the team. But in this case, this season and yesterday, I did not feel that. I think it was like a, this is a different Cowboys team to me than one that we've experienced mm. together on this show. Mm. He, he was quoted as part of that scrum as saying, I'll put some Super Bowls in there. I don't know if I've ever had a better day with the Cowboys than today. And that that's all about Thanksgiving. Like, I believe that he believes that in the moment. He's saying that in the moment. Thanksgiving is the ultimate Cowboys holiday celebration. Uh, Wes and I love this book, Billy Fountain's Long Halftime Walk, which is a great book sort of about the NFL and military service and and football. And ha and it's set on Thanksgiving at, at these games. And there, there's something so American for, for good and bad like about all this. And the Cowboys putting a bang thing on the commanders uh, is like. That's I'm sorry. What, what's thing. bad about it out of, the, out, out of curiosity? Uh, well, read the book. I would say like some of the ways, uh, oh, I was talking about just yesterday. Just, okay. The book, oh, I'm no, sure nothing there's a bad lot yesterday. Okay, just gotcha. the over the top sort of the way they use the, it was well, written, but from I'll the perspective one thing of I was a bad. military guy. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and Greg is very well known for putting myself in line on this, uh, the celebration of people being fired from their jobs, uh, because the Cowboys decimated the Washington defense to the point that the new owner of the team, Josh Harris, fired defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio uh, after the game. They also uh, parted ways uh, with defensive backs coach Brent Wieselmeyer. So tough Friday. Here is a missive from the new owner of the commanders. We haven't heard from him, obviously, a lot. He just succeeded 
Daniel Snyder a couple months ago. I feel exactly how our fans feel today, disappointed and frustrated. It's how our players and staff feel as well. I knew our first season of ownership would include challenges along the way, and we will not shy away from hard work, nor will we be deterred by adversity. As Coach Rivera and I discussed, all of our energy for the remainder of the season will be focused on playing better, more consistent football, and developing our players while intently evaluating the areas in which we need to improve this offseason. Our fans deserve a team that can compete with the NFL's best and win sustainably over the long term. I will not waver from that mission. Okay, so strong words there uh, in uh, from the, the new owner. And it did make me think when I heard this morning, guys, that, you know, we talked about a couple weeks ago that the, the setting and environment in the league right now um, is um, very, very ripe for mass dismissals at the end of the year. Head coaches in danger. And what do head coaches in danger do when – when there's an issue, you start firing your assistants and you start reshuffling the deck. So I feel like we're seeing a lot of that the last uh, week or so. And, and now Washington's doing it as well. But I just think it's a little unfair, you know, to Can Del Rio and the defensive backs coach. When you just traded away like your two most impact players on the defensive line, uh, two of your most impactful players. And what did you expect in this setting? Honestly, I guess you could be more competitive, but still. I think it's it's. Warranted only because this defense has been, and it's Ron Rivera's defense. So it's a weird move because, like, Ron Rivera's almost certainly going to get fired at the end of the year. It's almost a move that signals to me, look, we we want Ron Rivera to land this thing, but we want to show our fans we want to do something now, and we're not going to fire Rivera till the end of the season or maybe week eighteen, whatever it is. Uh, but this this is a really poorly coached defense. I thought Del Rio was an uninspired hired. To begin with, he lasted a while. And no team has more like coverage busts over the last four years than Del Rio. They're either really awesome like or they're terrible. And, and there's nothing in between. There was a, a scout uh, for the that, that works, I think, for Cowboys.com, Brian Brodus, who pointed out on the Cooks touchdown, they've run that route a lot all season. But the only team that like fell for it like a banana in the tailpipe and played it so poorly all year was, was Washington, and they had a walk-in touchdown. Hmm. Yeah, they were 32nd in DVOA. It's weird because under Del Rio, they were 7th last year, 27th the year before that, and 4th. So they've been all over the map. Um, I, I'm with you, Dan, in the sense that I, I just think it was more of a statement move or a, 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 a try. I, look, re, like what you just read, it's like a signal to the fans. Like, we're not just sitting pat. Um, we see what you see. We're as frustrated as you are. I, I just, part of me wonders that maybe Ron Rivera is allowed to, to land the plane, as you said, Greg. But I, I do wonder if maybe this would be an opportunity, if you want to go interim, to see what Eric Bieniemy could do for a stretch of time here. I think um, this I, I think this really signaled we're not going to do that. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, today would have been the day to do it. I would have, I, but I, I could be wrong. I guess the problem there, then he's he'll get swept out too, potentially. It's like it's another thing. I, I thought he's done a good passed job. passed over. Yep. Right. <laughs> um, by the way, let's give it up. Mike McCarthy. Come on now. He's got this team humming. He does. Remember when Kellen Moore left in the offseason? Everybody with their little jabs like, oh, he's going to run the offense? How imaginative. Texas Coast offense is humming. Okay. I mean, and you're finally. right. You're right. And, and I and I like I like by the way they've set up a really nice stretch run. Now they'll be heavy favorites over the Seahawks, but that's still an interesting game. And then Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions. Really fun stretch run. We, we got a lot of actually I, I looked at all these contenders 
schedules. There's a lot of good regular season games left. The schedule makers did nice. Nice job. Nicely done, Greg. And finally, I thought the best part of this middle game, uh, because it wasn't overly competitive, as you could see, um, was Tony Romo just, you know, basically losing control of his emotions uh, when talking about Dolly Parton's <laughs> halftime performance while wearing a <laughs> Cowboys a cheerleader uniform. She's like 80 years old. It's very impressive, uh, Dolly, and she's a national treasure, and we love her. But nobody loves her more like Tony Romo. Please uh, watch this or listen, and you could hear Jim Nance get it, getting increasingly concerned as Tony can't move off the idea of Dolly Parton in a Dallas Cowboys <laughs> cheerleader's uniform. field is all set after the Dolly performance. We are the champions, and... She was wearing the Cowboys cheerleading outfit. Yeah. You saw that coming, didn't you? I, you I, said, I think she's going to go with a little cheerleading outfit tonight. And I was like, wow, that's pretty good. What do you think we're going to see? I mean, she looks amazing, right? You, know, I mean, you never know what's going to happen wonderful. here. Who doesn't like Dolly Parton? No, she's absolutely an American <laughs> treasure. That's for sure. And you are, too. Fast becoming. As you look at the quarterback comparison. For <laughs> I've got like uh, another take on Dolly that might even top this from our, our old friend on the show, Mary Kay Cabot. She's actually over-indexed um, mentions. Here was a tweet from Mary Kay Cabot yesterday on Dolly. Yeah. Sitting on the couch watching some football like a big stuffed turkey, and then Dolly happened. Hopped on the treadmill, booked a consultation for implants, and reassessed my Whoa. life's goal. LF, let's, let's F and go. Mary Kay Cabot. Feeling no pain on Thanksgiving. I love no, it. No, feeling good. <laughs> feeling real good. That is unlike any other Mary Kay Cabot tweet ever. <laughs> it's amazing. The the kind of the the glow in Romo's face is really what takes it to the next level. Like he's not ready to get back to being an analyst at that point. <laughs> Nance feel Nance tried so hard to get out of that. <laughs> Nance desperately trying to pivot. But you know what? Like everybody's gotta stop clutching their pearls. And just, you know what? Tony's right. That was incredible. And Dolly Parton, you know, if you want to do some, and I didn't really know Dolly that well, other than how everyone else knows her. Um, but she is, my wife uh, loves Dolly Parton. And uh, she is an incredible uh, kind of uh, humanitarian and the, the amount of charity she does, uh, in addition to being obviously a very talented actress and singer and all that. See, now I'm Romoing out to her. No, I think it's appropriate. You've done a you've done a nice job, and we didn't try to sidetrack you off of that. <laughs> All right, uh, let's take a break. Just you know, talk a little more Dolly off mic, and then when we come mm. back, we'll hit the primetime game. What's up? I'm John Wall, and I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. 
Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even to do That's my, my dance, bro. <laughs> Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at tmobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. All right, we are back. Mark Sessler in the V-neck. There is one other Cowboys note. Um, I don't know oh. about you guys, but this, like, this is more of like a parabolic mic um, item, I think, uh, depending mm, right. on you know, game to game. It's an island game in the middle of the day. Uh, Dak Prescott's pre-snap cadence. Um, can we just play this, uh, Producer Eric, please? <laughs> producer Eric. <laughs> yeah, here we go! Did you not hear this? Host, like, Mark. I want it one more time. Yeah, here we go! It oh, yeah. was like 347 times this play during the game yesterday. Yeah, and it just seemed to get louder and louder. And it's like, I don't know. Is it a tell as a, as a pre-snap cadence? I love how he yeah, says it. It just it doesn't do sound like a, a human almost. Well, it's it's his uh, green 18. Green 18. You know, it's it's his thing. And he's been he's been going hard at it now for month plus, I would yeah, say. Yeah, here we go to the I point where it. I'm just saying that sometimes just in my everyday life. Just, yeah, yeah, here we go. And I think it's a nice way to just set off a conversation. It's like when like, do like uh, Creed rips into my sacrifice in the encore and then half the audience does this. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> I feel, I like, feel like some of these quarterbacks, like um, they know what we're going to talk about it. And like, do they lean in from an inflection or vocal point on some level to make it a little even more absurd than it needs to be? I think we all know what he's trying to say. Well, I got to tell you this, Mark. I haven't released my top five cadence rankings for the season. It's an annual event. People really right. look forward to. But between his, his voice, how strong his pipes are and and the unique nature of, yeah, here we go. I mean... He's a he's a strong favorite for number one this year. That's That's good to yeah, I'm gonna like go like with you with MVP talk. It's too early to talk about the <laughs> cadence rankings yet. You're not allowed to. I'm not. I Please. now it's it's oh, by brother. the way it's it's not too early anymore. My point now is that like 
whatever's happened to this point almost doesn't matter. It's still going to be moving forward. Dak started it yesterday. That was a nice, nice one because everyone's watching that game. That's it's like the most watched as, game I, of the year. as opposed to the other Cowboys games that nobody was watching. Right. Nobody watched any of those. Speaking of which, as good as uh, Sham God did with that call. We, Brad we were Sham talking, the Sham God? You know, we were talking Nance and, and Romo. What a job by Jim Nance on the Duran Bland uh call there. I, I loved seeing Nance getting excited in a big spot. Let's hear it. Second and ten. There it is. This is history. If Bland can take it the distance, this will be the record. Bland for the fifth time has a pick six. It's never happened in the history of the NFL. And what a call by you. You got me with goosebumps, Nance. That was unbelievable. <laughs> Excellent. You're right. Excellent right. call by Nance, who's a Hall of Fame broadcaster. And and, uh, and it's also a very Romo move to his first analysis is on the call by Jim Nance. <laughs> I, I wish he didn't do that. <laughs> no, he didn't need to do that. But he can't. I think that's part of like the, the give and take with Romo. Like he just he's his exuberance. He just he just says what's on his mind, like the Dolly Parton. Uh, situation from minutes ago. All right, let's get to the final game. Uh, this one was also a one-sided affair. First and goal, eight-yard lines left. Toss to McCaffrey, coming left. Stacked up, stays patient. Squirts through and takes it all the way down to the goal line. Touchdown! CMC! What a run that was! CMC TCB! A slow fuse on that one because there was nowhere to go. And McCaffrey taking care of business. Man, they love the acronyms over there. Uh, Greg Papa and Tim Ryan with the call. Awesome. Awesome performance by Christian McCaffrey, who if, if now Greg has deigned that we're allowed to talk about the MVP race, Man, where is he in the conversation? Mm. Uh, Producer Eric, as uh, Mark uh, referred to you earlier. I call you human, Eric. Um, We're just Eric's good. Can you see, or Eric, can you see, bud, where um, Christian McCaffrey is in the um, Vegas MVP odds? Because he deserves to be there. He ran for a buck 14 and two scores in the first half, uh, putting the 49ers ahead, and they cruised. To a 31 to 13 win over the fading Seattle Seahawks, who are in a lot of trouble. Greggy, uh, the Niners um, did what they wanted on offense, and uh, even the Seahawks' um, touchdown came on a pick six. So, yeah, this was dominance on both sides. It, it couldn't be one more one sided. I think has a lot of soul searching going on in Seattle. But, but let's talk about the team that matters the most here first, and that that's the 49ers. And watching this game. It occurred to me, like, Kyle Shanahan's 49ers system, essentially, this offense, has now been there for seven years. It's been in an NFL where a lot of things change. Like, he, this has been an awesome offense that's brilliantly constructed and, and play called for a while now. It, it's been a great run. And to me, this is, this is the best one. And it's the best one because of Purdy, first of all. And because he elevates their offense in a way that Jimmy G and certainly any of the other backups never did. And because they're healthy, which they often aren't right right now, they they are healthy. And that's when they weren't winning games a couple weeks ago, that that was a big part of it. But also because these guys have been there now for a while outside of Purdy, Debo and 
Ayuk and Kittle and Trent Williams. And even a lot of a lot of the line's been there for a while. And it's all just coming together. And they've they've been so close every year. And I'm not saying they couldn't be close in another year, but man, you look at this Shanahan thing. It just feels like, man, this is the time. Like this is, this the is team. their time. This is, it. this is the team. This is the team to do it. Yep, I, I I absolutely feel the same way. Uh, it's it it is so key that they stay healthy when all five of their offensive stars have been on the field together for full games. They've been undefeated. Um, that shouldn't change. Uh, they're so dominant. I think it really mattered last night to see that you got Debo Samuel as the core element again. He's such a change agent. But it's like we talk about the offense um, as we should, but their defense is an absolute destroyer. I mean, what they did last night, at one point in the first half, the Niners had 16 first downs and the Seahawks had run 18 plays and it never really got better for Seattle. And I mean, you know, the same way that, you know, the first game changed the way we thought about Detroit and Green Bay. I, I'm looking at a Seattle, you know, schedule where you got to go to Dallas. Um, you got the Niners and then the Eagles. I don't know. It feel it kind of feels like curtains to me. And and as ebullient as Pete Carroll is um, at all times, I thought the look on his face at the end of that game spoke volumes. I think they're in a bit of a dark corner that will be hard to escape from. Now here are the MVP odds, by the way. Jalen at plus two fifty. What? This is from DraftKings. Lamar plus three fifty. Mahomes plus 425, Tua plus 550, Dak plus 850, CMC plus 1600. These are so annoying. Come why on, bro. J- I think he has 16 touchdowns. Hurts, why is Jalen Hurts the favorite? Well, Dak was plus 3000 a couple of weeks ago. So if you caught on at any time, uh, I think that's still value. Uh, and where where is Tyreek Hill, who's literally my vote right now? Greg, nobody yeah. likes Tyreek Hill. I think that factors in. That's just positional bias against McCaffrey, though. Yeah, I don't think that factors. He's plus 4,000. I don't think that factors into the DraftKings odds. Uh, But I hear you. I hear Um, you. He's number 10 right now. He has some rough stuff in his his personal history. Uh, Let's see. Let's get back to it. So, yes, McCaffrey, I believe he's got 16 touchdowns this year. And uh, he's dominant. Brock Purdy, statistically not his best game. Um, He threw that pick six I mentioned. Uh, that briefly made the game somewhat interesting in the third quarter, um, but also kind of put a, a a stamp on the game and put the game away with a beautiful throw to Brandon Ayuk um, in zone coverage. And Shanahan, after the game, made a point to really um, pump up Purdy in that spot. He said, you know, that is a, a play where we have something underneath, a little check down that could have went for 12 yards. So when he decides to put it, over the middle on a line from about 30 yards out. That is a high level throw. And I think it gets to Mark, what we were talking about on Wednesday about, you know, Purdy and the kind of season he's having. And, and this, like we act like he's, uh, you know, this little boy that was plucked out of obscurity. That's a high level football throw. So yeah, he might not have the arm talent of those other quarterbacks we mentioned just now, uh, but he's got enough to make it happen when he's pulling the trigger and using his instincts for good. Yeah, I love that you brought up that throw because I think that's an argument in favor of the fact that this quarterback has elevated the play of Brandon Ayuk, who, I mean, Brandon Ayuk was for multiple years in a row talked about this will be the year he totally breaks out and becomes a star. It has a lot to do with him, but it has a lot to do with Purdy as well. And like their connection has been 
essentially flawless for weeks on end. And that throw was not the kind of throw that like a mid-tier quarterback that we'd want to write off as a system guy makes. And I look at those MVP odds and it's like, Hmm. where is Purdy, to be honest? It's like, I find that to be slightly absurd that he's not near like in the top five, top six of that list, if not higher. I, I think it's just we're looking at a perception problem when it comes to Brock Purdy in this offense. Here's the thing. They, if they get the one seed, and I'm not ruling them out of that, like he, he's got a chance. It's stupid, the fact that, that Jalen's plus 250 because that's just like they have, they have the one seed. And I, I just love the way they started this game. I think of NBA teams, you talk about two-man games a lot, just like the two stars kind of playing off each other. You know, Porzingis and Jalen Brown right now. Beautiful two-man game. They 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 got a two-man game going with CD. I mean, with uh, Debo and CMC, and where they're just using them interchangeably and matching them up. And they have the, the Seahawks defense had no freaking clue what to do the first couple drives of that game. Shanahan just owns this matchup. He owns Pete Carroll, who's a defensive coach. When when the 49ers have the ball, and the way they use those two guys is it's it's pretty beautiful. It's funny, uh, and that's uh, obviously. A- credit to Kyle Shanahan, the offensive mastermind. I like this thing that's going on this year. I feel like there's been an uptick in it this year of just like shots to Mike Shanahan, Kyle's father sitting stone faced in the stands with that shock of white hair. (laughs) And uh, a lot of like uh, younger fans don't even know that Mike Shanahan, uh, Kyle Shanahan is who he is in large part because of Mike Shanahan, who was a a genius in his own right and won multiple Super Bowls. Uh, and now Kyle has kind of taken the league over and it is that dude. Um, Seattle, you're right, had no answers. It, it looked like uh, Reek Woolen got benched in this game, although Carroll downplayed it afterwards. I mean, but he, he was. He was benched. He missed tackles. He said it. Carroll said after the game that he had a bad shoulder, but he was playing special teams after they took him out of the game for Michael Jackson. So, I mean, you talk about Reek Woolen was one of the best young additions to the league last year. Now he's on the bench on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, Geno Smith is dealing with the the arm injury, but this offense just is not humming anymore, Greg. And uh, if if Geno is not physically right, and we'll have to see, he played that game with a big kind of like uh, knot on his throwing elbow. Uh, maybe it is that time to have a Drew Lock conversation, but at the same time, like nobody was like pumping the brakes on the Drew Lock experience harder than me a couple of years back in Denver. It's not necessarily a great second option, but the offense has hit a rut. There's no doubt about it. They, they're disappointed, like. Everything about this team is disappointing. They're six and five, and and what you said about the the Packers and the Vikings can get in is in large part because the Seahawks can fall right out of this thing. I mean, think about these two games against the Ravens, where absolute this this game and the Ravens game, where absolutely Geno didn't excel, but and he and he's not going to be able to elevate things going really wrong around him. But find a spot in this team that's not getting blasted. They spent their whole offseason building up this defensive line, completely changing it, spending tons of money, draft picks. They got young guys coming up. Draymond Jones, they trade for Leonard Williams. They get blown off the ball. They can't tackle anyone. CMC, their defensive rookie of the year, Tariq Woolen's getting benched. Their linebackers are slow. DK Metcalf is having one of the worst seasons for us for a quote unquote superstar wide receiver. The guy can't make a catch. I was going to, I'm telling you, I'm pulling him out of the club. I think Greggy, I had him in the club. I I think think so. He's, He's killing my guy Gino. Gino's not great, but two Uh-oh. drops that kill drives. And then when it's 14 to three and you're trying to change the game, and that could have been a touchdown or at least a 50 yard play down the field. And DK just drifts and drifts. And trust me, Seahawks fans have been losing their mind over DK's play 
uh, in this game. And then their O-line stunk in this game. Most of those sacks were, were quick sacks. So it's like, I just don't see what they're they're good at. They Maybe they're average enough to win nine games again. But, man, it's it's pretty disappointing. It's very disappointing. This is also Anything one matchup more? that they've, they've just, they cannot solve. And I think, like, like, last year on Thursday night, like, Charverius Ward versus DK Metcalf was physical and it went both ways. Like, Last night, he was just taken out of the game, DK Metcalf. And, and then you got nowhere to go. Um, I'll give the final word to Christian McCaffrey, who deserves to be way better than plus 6,000, uh, because he has been... 1,600, one... buddy. By the way, 1,600. Just, 1600. just for accuracy. Six. Uh, thank you. And That's Purdy's important. plus 3,000, number eight. So he's sort of in the mix, but not really. Um, Ridiculous. One of the things I like about the write-ups by the AP and others on... Thanksgiving is like just like a lot of turkey talk just like turkey talk slips slips in there and I want to hear this quote from McCaffrey because I'm reading it and I'm like man this guy is really going into detail about this turkey and it's like slotted in between two like beefy graphs about the you know other just like statistics about this win and then you have all right here's I'm going to drop in the CMC quote here and the guy's just going on and on about the turkey (laughs) That was awesome. It was actually really good turkey, too. I have no idea how they kept all of the dishes were hot. Um, I was bummed I didn't get the sweet potato with the marshmallows. That I, didn't, I don't know if they had the – they had a fork, but then they, you know, we had to pick the turkey leg up. By that time, I was eating the turkey. But the turkey was really good, well-cooked, wasn't dry at all, and like I said, still hot, which was impressive for being you know, 20 minutes after the game. I don't know where they kept it, but – it was good turkey. Somebody, somebody <laughs> gives CMC <laughs> an update how they kept the turkey warm. What did they use? Was it an oven kept on low? Was it just covered and kept maybe in a microwave with the microwave off? Like, uh, did, what, what, how did they keep it? Was there one of those burners underneath? But they, they were very careful not to, to have the burner turned up too high. You know what I'm talking about? Those things. I don't know. They gotta have a oven. They gotta have a kitchen somewhere in the bowels of that stadium. But I was thinking as we're listening to that, like, man, I've rarely heard CMC talk at length, and maybe that's why he just gets super nerdy about turkeys. And that's just, just, he was it spinning matter, out there. That actually was a quote from July. I mean, the guy. It's all he talks about. <laughs> I gotta say, I watched this game with, uh, you know, friends and their families, and um, a lot of kids were there, and no moment all day popped to them like George Kittle throwing that turkey leg up into the crowd and running turkeys afterwards. That was huge in the 10 year old set. They were talking about, they wanted to throw some turkeys. It was just like that popped. So that was a nice, nice uh, moment for Kittle to really break by that, by that moment in my house. And I still have a family here that stayed the night. Uh, the Princess Bride had been turned on by that point. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. You skipped that. We had a late as you wish. Anything else? No. All right. I'm going to go play football with um, some kids now. Really? Uh, yeah. Dan, I, I will. Yeah. QB. I hope you will dominate them. Like, that sounds like a good spot for you to really shine athletically. Yesterday, we, were, we played also, and it was tough because I had to be um, – I we used to call it automatic QB. Um, yeah. But I think my son corrected me and said now that they call it um, all QB or something. But anyway, we had an uneven number, so I played QB. And it was it was tough when you automatic QB on both sides uh, because it's like Barry Sanders in that flag football game. Like I'm trying to distribute to all these kids and there's so many mouths to feed and nobody's happy at the end of the game. You can't win wow. as automatic QB because everyone thinks they should have been targeted more. And here I am. 
I've completed probably about 60 or 70% of my passes to, and half the kids can't even catch. So that's pretty high percentage. And, and after the game, I'm being told that I was leaving people out of the game plan. Wow. So we got another game about to play this. Now we have even number because some people went home and um, mm. I'm going to be playing defense um, and I'm going to be very physical and I'm going to send messages to those who complained about my quarterback play, specifically my <laughs> eldest son, Jack, who thought oh. that I cost him um, the game yesterday by not throwing it to him literally every time. So There's don't get mad. Get even. I'm going <laughs> to be hitting. I love I'm going to be hitting like so uh, who's I want our friend there. Kareem. Who is it? Kareem Jackson. Yeah. yeah. I'm hitting like Jackson in this game. Okay. I, I wish I was there. I not to sound like um, Sessler when he plays in tennis with his family, but w we played a little football too yesterday. And um, I almost thought I was dominating the game so much that I had to back off and not, not be as show offy. Um, with what was going on, like you said, distribute it around, but the explosiveness was absolutely there. And I was, I was very proud of my son though, to, to finish the game, had a key Charvarius ward, like pass breakup on me. So in a big spot, I, I ultimately didn't come through for the team. And he just, he knocked that thing out of my hands, like Charvarius ward. I mean, we've, we've, Walker. you know, That's we've good. played with Walker in the past and you've seen that those innate DB skills. So I'm not <laughs> surprised to hear that update. I, I don't really, I like to keep my sons in games where I'm involved. Um, but very rarely do they get the W and that's the way I was raised as well. My dad and one-on-one -on -one basketball took me into, I was like a sophomore in high school to finally beat him. He did this back down move in the post where he would back me down <laughs> and then he'd use his left arm as a clear out and <laughs> yeah. do a little jump hook. And it was total BS. And I would tell him that I actually told him that last week cause we were reminiscing about it. Um, and when I finally beat him, it was all the more rewarding. And it was a changing of the guard athletically within the family dynamic. And that's he what I want recovered, the boys to do frankly, to me. You know, right. He still <laughs> talks about that. <laughs> so when they beat me, they'll beat me. And that will be a moment or they'll never beat me perhaps as well. I'm like, now I'm like Barry Sanders' monster of a dad. No, that's good dad work. <laughs> I, uh, on they the asked, tennis court, I keep the foot on yeah. the gas, though. I'll tell you that much. I know you do, buddy. Never forget that Barry Sanders' dad, on the day that Barry ran for 2,000 yards in 1997, um, when the first thing, oh, excuse me, not at, not at the 2,000 yard, when he went to the Hall of Fame, Barry Sanders' dad, uh, for Sanders' induction and gave the speech, the first thing he said was that Jim Brown was the greatest running back of all time. And then he said that his son was the third greatest running back of all time, and everybody was like, who's who, who? What did he mean? Who's the second? He called himself the second greatest running back of all time. <laughs> Imagine. Now that's taking it to an extreme. Yes. I did not His know dad was story. a handyman. Right. And he literally did not play professional football. <laughs> anyway, be nice to your kids. Just one day they'll have to take care of you. All right. Happy Thanksgiving weekend, everybody. Enjoy it. We'll be back on Sunday uh, with uh, the full recap of both the Black Friday Jets-Dolphins affair. Can't wait. And uh, everything on Sunday. Until then, you know what you got to do. Eat the car. You 
deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Hyatt Ziva Riviera Cancun at CheapCaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. 